Good afternoon, everyone. Amen. What a privilege and honor it is to be here today. Amen. I want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Hoffman, Pastor Mike, for this opportunity of allowing me to minister today. I love being at First Church. I love your pastor and his family and this church. Amen. Amen. God is good. We had a wonderful service in the first service. We're excited what God will do in this service. Amen. If you would turn in your Bibles into 1 Kings chapter 19. In 1 Kings 18, we find the story of Elijah the prophet who calls back the Israelites from their idol worship of Baal and to the one true God. And many of us will be familiar with that story. And Elisha told King Ahab to gather all the Israelites and the, at Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Grove that ate at Jezebel's table. And Elisha called them to a jewel. And whatever God answered by fire, he would be God. And we know eventually that the Baals, the prophets of Baal were destroyed. And the people turned back to God, but Jezebel, the king's wife, was not happy. She threatened Elijah with death. So from that powerful demonstration on Mount Carmel, Elijah ran for his life at the threat of her words. So if we turn into 1 Kings chapter 19, we'll read from verse 3 and 4. Speaking of Elijah, it says, And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. One other passage of scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, O God, for this wonderful day. We thank you for what you have already done in this service, O God. We pray that you anoint my lips of clay, bring revelation to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. In the world of boxing, which I know nothing about, the boxer's trainer or those sitting in their corner would throw a towel in the middle of the ring when a fighter was unable or unwilling to continue fighting. This signaled their fighter was finished. They accepted defeat before their opponent was destroyed. And someone shared this with me a while back, and I felt the Lord speak to me, and and, uh, it said, I threw in the towel. God threw it back to me. And he said, wipe your face, you are almost there. Amen. I've seen preachers in the past use towels to wipe their sweat, especially in Australia. We have a lot of islanders, and they're they're quite big people, heavy set, and they sweat profusely. So if I see a big towel on someone's shoulder, you better not be sitting on the front row. Elisha threw in the towel. God threw it back to him and he said, wipe your face, you are almost there. 
The Apostle Paul had many reasons to throw in the towel. Bible says he bore stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times he received 40 stripes minus one. Three times he was beaten with rods, stoned once, three times suffered shipwreck, a night and day in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by, by his own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Paul, throw in your towel. No, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. Amen. Hallelujah. My assignment from the Lord today to you is don't throw in the towel. Wipe your face and keep going. You are almost there. Amen. Hallelujah. In a crowd this size, I'm sure there are some here at church who feel like throwing in the towel to walk away from their spiritual walk, walk away from a relationship, give in to the struggle of our addictions, or even give up on believing for that miracle you've prayed for for so long. It's just too much, and we believe that it's not possible. You have emotionally, spiritually brought your towel with you today, and you've even asked God to give you a reason why you should not quit. So I've come with a word from the Lord. Wipe your face. You are almost there. Amen. I know we hear preachers say, your breakthrough is coming. Your answer is here. Reach out and grab it, whatever it is. And I don't doubt that their words are not sincere. But I know that without a doubt, a shadow of a doubt, that if you have come to church this morning with quitting on your mind, God is speaking directly to you. And he says, wipe your face. You are almost there. Hallelujah. Now is not the time to throw in the towel. You have come too far. You've been through too much. You've seen God move too much. Just throw the towel in now. Hallelujah. God sees what you cannot see. God works where you cannot see him work. So how do we recognize if we are on the verge of throwing in the towel? If we look at four things that Elisha did. First of all, Elijah, sorry, not Elijah. Elijah ran from his enemy. Our enemy is defeated, the Bible says. It says in James 4, 7, that if we submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from us. Amen. That means he will run away. His tactic is fear. Now, if I was in front of Elijah, this is how I, if you ask anybody in my church, what's my favorite word? Seriously. So I would say to Elijah, Elijah, seriously. You just called fire down from heaven. You just had all this victory and called the Israelites back to worship God. And you let the words of one woman send you running. But that's what fear does. An acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. 
Fear is what the enemy uses. Understand that when fear comes into our life, it's not from God. Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. (laughs) Never run from your enemy. Amen. When God gave us the armor in Ephesians chapter 6, he did not give us any protection for our back. That's because we are never to turn and run away from our enemy. Above all, the Bible says, stand. Done all, stand. Amen. We are never to run from our enemy. Amen. I just want to point out that Jezebel sent a messenger saying that she was going to kill Elijah. Why didn't she send someone to kill him except just send a messenger? Because God is still in control. And understand your enemy cannot destroy you. You may not feel powerful, but understand that Satan's threats are powerless. We don't walk by feeling, the Bible says, by the the power of God. He is in control. Amen. If your mind is telling you to run for your life, to throw in the towel, I say this morning, get up, wipe your face, go to the Word of God. Find out what the Word of God says. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You will never leave me nor forsake me. Amen. Hallelujah. You have not given me a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. So many times the enemy comes and tells us, you've lost your mind. But we can go to the Word and God say, I have the Holy Ghost within me. Then the Bible says that God has given me a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. The enemy uses the same tactics with us. All of us are the same. If you've ever heard the words, who do you think you are? You are no good. God doesn't love you anymore. He's not going to answer you. You are no good. You will never get over this. These are lies of the enemy that he tells all of us the same thing because he uses the same tactics. Understand that as a born-again believer, we are sinners saved by grace. We still fight our carnal flesh. At some point, we are going to fail. In Micah 7 and 8, it says, Don't rejoice against me, my enemy, when I fall. It says, when I fall. It doesn't say, if I fall. But the rest of that Bible verse says... When I fall, I shall arise. Amen. We don't stay in the place of being down. The Bible says the righteous man falls six times, but he gets up the seventh. Amen. Hallelujah. I shall arise. I will wipe my face and keep going. The rest of that verse says that when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. There are times that we feel that we are sitting in darkness. Yet that verse tells me that God himself will be a light unto me. It doesn't say his word. His word is a light unto our path. But it doesn't say that his word will be a light. It says God will be my light. That means his presence. He will be there with me in the midst of my darkness. Hallelujah. Never run from your enemy. Even in your weakest spiritual state. Satan is still no match for you because of he who lives inside of you. Amen. The second thing that Elijah did was separate himself from his servant, his companion. 
And many times when we get to the place of wanting to throw in the towel, we intentionally separate ourselves from from those who we are close to spiritually, recognise that there could be something not right when that happens. We aren't as faithful to the house of God or to prayer meetings or paying our tithes or being around the church community. Isolation is a killer of unity in the body of Christ. And when there is no unity, the body doesn't function properly. And when the body doesn't function properly, God's kingdom cannot advance. Isolating ourselves releases us from being accountable. And that can be dangerous for our spiritual man. All of us need to be accountable to someone. We are not an island. God never made us to be an island. We are all part of the one body of Christ. There is nothing with being wanting to be or being alone, but if it becomes a constant in our life where we yearn for it, there's something not right. Jesus separated himself to be alone at different times, but he always returned to the company of his disciples. Thirdly, Elijah intentionally journeyed into the wilderness, a place of desolation. There is dryness and no nourishment there. He knowingly placed himself in that environment. And there are times when we knowingly don't pray or we don't read our Bible because we doubt or we don't pray because, God, we don't believe that you're going to hear or answer us. We starve our spiritual man. We allow our carnal man to control us. In Galatians 6, 8, it says, For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. That verse uses the word sow. That speaks of being intentional. That speaks of planting seeds. When we sow to the Spirit, we will grow what feeds our spiritual man. Farmers are intentional in what, where they grow and what they grow. They want fertile land. Spiritual fertile land is found in the Word of God, in prayer, in community, in giving, in loving, in serving and obedience to the Word of God. And lastly, Elijah requested to die. He threw in the towel. But we know what God did. He threw the towel back to Elijah and he said, Elijah, wipe your face. You are almost there. God fed him. He spoke with him. He gave him direction. Get up, Elijah. You don't belong in the wilderness. Through the sequence of those events, God was with Elijah. He never walked away from him. He watched as he ran away, as he separated himself from his servant, as he journeyed into the wilderness and as he sat under the juniper tree wishing to die. And sometimes things can get so bad in our lives or we get offended by someone in the church or that God doesn't answer our prayers the way that we think he should answer them, that we spiritually want to give up. We throw in the towel. But just as God was with Elijah, God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. God watches over you. God puts people in your path to encourage you and help you. 
I went to a Jewish synagogue a few years back and written in Hebrew over the place where the pulpit is, it said, God is ever before me. God is ever before me. Let me give you a Bible for that, Psalm 139.5. It says, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. How powerful is that that God himself will put his hand of blessing on our head. And the Bible says that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. If we, are, if we, are, if we have something following us and we're walking, so that means the more that I go forward, The more that I move, God's mercy and His goodness is going to follow me all the days of my life. Regardless of where I am, He never withdraws from me. The Bible says I'm confident of this very thing, that He that has begun a good work in you, He will perform it. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God sent Elijah back the way he came. What does that mean for us? God many times will not remove us from where our situation of defeat was. It's not the church that's the problem. It's not our leaders that are the problem. It's within us. And God doesn't want you to take that issue with you moving forward. He wants you to deal with it. So he wants you to be able to move forward, not holding on to whatever that is. Elijah, you went into the wilderness defeated, ready to throw in the towel. Elijah walked out of the wilderness without his towel. He knew what he needed to do. He was ready to keep going because God told him, you are almost there. Think about the Apostle Paul. Regardless of how many times his life was threatened, God rescued him time and time again. Paul was saying, I did more than a few rounds in the ring. I had to sit down a few times, wipe my face, allow others to wipe my face, hear words of inspiration and faith. You are almost there, Paul. It sounds like Paul was making a declaration. I did it. I completed it. It was hard. It was tough, but I did it. Let me ask you a question this morning. How do you know how close you are to conquering or completing your fight? I'm not referring to the second coming of the Lord. We know, we've heard it all our many years that Jesus is coming back. We see what's happening in the world right now. We know that it's close and he's going to come back. But I'm speaking about you and your course and your life and the round in the ring that you are in right now. No one can guarantee tomorrow. Who knows what a day will bring? What if I throw the towel one day, one fight, one disappointment before my time is done? Before God in his perfect timing brings a resolution or a breakthrough or a healing or a deliverance from the battle that I'm in right now. You may say, Gina, you're playing with our emotions. No, that's reality. Life is a vapour. 
I'm sure all of us have been hit with the tragedy of losing a loved one, a friend or or a colleague suddenly. I'm sure many of you have got up one morning and not understanding what that day would bring, good or bad. One day can make the difference in your life for the rest of your life. I have attended 11 funerals this year. Some old people, some not old, not so old. A man in our church who was inconsistent in his walk with God for many years. He was in and out, in and out. He was then diagnosed with cancer. He went through chemotherapy and radiation. During his time of treatment, he became serious with his walk with God. He was doing great. He was excited about returning to work. He was cancer-free, and then he had a heart attack, and it killed him. We were in shock. I questioned God. I said, Lord, why? After all he went through with all the radiation and the chemo and the suffering, then he just drops dead. I was confused and hurt. God spoke to me. He said, Gina, it was my mercy, my mercy for him that allowed him to go through what he went through. I don't believe God causes sickness or cancer, but he can use it and he used it for his good. God helped me to understand that had he not got sick, he would never have been right with the Lord. He would have died not ready to meet his maker. Yet when he died, he was in right standing with God. He could have thrown in the towel and become bitter and turned away from God. But instead he turned towards God and his relationship was restored. Romans 8.17 says, But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Amen. Was his suffering worth it? I'm sure if I could ask him, he would say a thousand times yes. Because we live for beyond today. We ought to live beyond today. I could tell you a story about each one of those 11 funerals, but I just want to share one more. A woman in our church, she was a prayer warrior. I loved her. But she did things that would make me twitch. A lot of things. May this year I took a group of ladies to Israel and that was supposed to have happened pre-COVID. Uh, but we couldn't go, so we went in May, and she was she died early this year, so she was supposed to have been on that trip with us to Israel. And every time I thought about her being loose on the streets of Jerusalem, it made me twitch. But she's in, in heaven now rejoicing, so that's a good thing. I sit on the front row uh, at our church, and as the sun, this particular Sunday, as we were singing, let there never be a day, when I don't rise to give you praise. She was going up and down the front, singing, raising her hands. And she'd had a hard life, but she was always the first to be worshipped. 
We have Monday night prayer like you do, as she always attended. This particular Monday night, as the meeting was concluding, she asked the prayer leader if they could linger a bit longer in the presence of God. And they did. She went home and a few hours later that night, she had an asthma attack that killed her. How do you know how close you are to completing your fight? It was after his encounter with God that Elijah, amongst other things, cast his mantle over his successor, Elisha. He fulfilled what God purposed for him to do. He left this earth victorious in a chariot of fire. Amen. Just think of what he would have missed if he had died under the juniper tree like he had asked God to do. So many times we ask things and God says no and we don't understand why and we question him. We question his love. But because God sees the end from the beginning, he knows which prayers to say yes which prayers to say no, which prayers to say wait a while. We've got to trust that. We've got to trust that God loves me unconditionally, that everything he does is for my good. Hallelujah. God is speaking to you today. Rather than throw in your towel, throw out your towel. Wipe your face. You are almost there. Make a commitment today to recommit your life to God. Don't stay in a backslidden state. Make a commitment today to forgive and let go of that offense that you has bound you for so long. If you struggle with addiction and you want to be set free, God will set you free this morning or today. If you are indecisive about being baptized in Jesus' name and having your sins washed away, today is the day you need to get that done. Amen. I've never met anybody that's been baptized in Jesus' name. Have I said, have you, do you regret it? No. I've never met anybody that regretted having their sins washed away. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day to make that commitment. Amen. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, today God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Today He wants to live inside of you more than you want Him to live inside of you. He wants you to have that power, that power that helps you to grow and to move forward. He wants you to pray, keep praying, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. Don't give up on that prayer. You know, sometimes we do pray for things for a long time and then we give up. It's like, well, it must not have been God's will. Well, until God says no, I'm going to pray. Until God says no, I'm going to pray. Until God says no, I'm going to pray. While there's breath in someone's body, there is hope. I believe that. While there is breath, God can do a work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never before in the history of time is it more the right time to be committed to walk with God than right now. 
at the end of my life, I want to be like the Apostle Paul. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Even if it's your first time here today, you've come too far not to continue to walk with God because today you have felt the presence of God. You've experienced the presence of God. Today is a day of salvation. Today is not the day to throw in your towel. Wipe your face. Wipe your face. You're almost there. We're almost there. Almost there. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand? Hallelujah. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment? Hallelujah. Oh, God, I feel your presence so strong in this house. You've already done a work in this service, but, God, I know that you want to do more. There are those, oh God, I feel your spirit drawing. Those that have walked away that are cold towards you, Lord Jesus. Lord, today you are calling them, oh God, to you. That addiction, oh Lord, that they feel is not, it's not possible to break. You have the power to break it, Lord, if we are willing to allow you to. Today is the day to make a decision, oh God, to be baptised, to repent, have our sins washed away, be ready for heaven, oh God. To recommit ourselves to pray that prayer that we've let fall from our mouth, that we don't pray it anymore. God, that we will take a hold of that again. We'll be like that woman, Lord Jesus. Lord, that she just kept asking. She was so persistent. Help us, oh God, to be persistent, to have faith and trust in you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God. I'm going to open this altar if you want to come and pray. Don't leave this place today the way you came. Even if you don't need anything from God, you're right, you're good. Just come anyway. Let God refresh you with a fresh touch of His Spirit. Hallelujah. God, we worship you this morning. Hallelujah How he never